Welcome to Bloom, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings, navigating how to grow up. I'm Tessa. And I'm Britt. And we'll be your co-hosts. Hello, everyone. This week, we are talking about the phenomena of imposter syndrome and how it can play into life in our 20s. But before we jump into it, Tessa, I think you need to fess up to something. Do I? That was a very excited welcome, by the way. I liked it. Yeah, jumping straight into it. Um, yes. So let's just say Britt was right. Yes, the delay timer, everybody, exists on Tessa's washing machine. Okay, look, it was really discreet and Britt had to come over and find it for me. So <laughs> yeah, discreet, like the button that looks like a timer. But it was like literally underneath the timer of how long it took to go. So I just thought it was indicating that that was how long the wash was going to go. Or like a perfect placement for a delay time. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but my brain didn't work in that logical way. Again. I didn't go over particularly for that reason. I was just coming to see Tessa's um, new apartment finally. And then, I mean, I thought while I was here. <laughs> May as well check it out. <laughs> but other than my embarrassing mistake, how was your week? Well, other than relishing in vindication, my week has been hard. I'm currently doing the push-up challenge to support one of my close friends who lost their brother to suicide last year, and I am so bad at push-ups. Um, they've got to be the exercise that I am weakest at, like I've got little chicken wings. Um, and so, yes, this this June has been a challenging month so far, and I'm pushing through, <laughs> get it? <laughs> because it's for such an important cause and definitely something I want to get behind, but yeah. Yes, it's been hard. Well, I feel like it's worth it and it's such a good cause. Like you're putting yourself out of your comfort zone, but for the best reasons. What about you though? How's your week? My week has been good. I uh, finally got my car serviced and um, let's just say it was more than a lot overdue. Oh no. But yes, one of our In Bloom guests, Nikisha, actually, her dad's company looks after my car. So it's not even like it was hard to get done. I was just procrastinating it. And then I feel like I made it worse because I procrastinated it. (laughs) Then it's got more things to fix because when it's running with things broken, other things break. Yes, that's it. It's a vicious cycle. Now that you say that, I think my car's overdue, but I'm just going to keep ignoring it. (laughs) Here is your friendly reminder to go and get your car serviced. Uh, also, we talked about skincare by Hiram recently in another episode, and I just found out he's launching a skincare brand. Thoughts, feelings? Should we buy the whole range? Yes, I saw this too, and absolutely yes, we should buy the whole range. We've both spoken about how much we trust Hiram as a source of skincare education and recommendations, and he's been really transparent so far about the amount of data and science behind the range, which I love. It says that it will be stocked at Sephora soon, so hopefully we don't have to wait too long for Australian stores to stock the range man it sounds like we're being sponsored by skincare by Hiram like hit us up we are huge stands so let us know but yeah I'm really interested to see what the price point is like it just seems too good to be true yeah I agree watch this space All right, now it is time for our adulting wins and adulting fails from the week Tessa what do you have so Here's the story. Here's the situation. I actually had a win to bring to the table this week, but it's been overshadowed (laughs) by a series of fails. Oh, no. So I feel like I have to do the right (laughs) thing and admit to my fails. Okay. So number one, 
I set my heat pack on fire in the microwave. No surprise from me. Only this would happen to you. I didn't know that that was a thing that I'd, could happen. No, I don't think it's. I don't think it's supposed <laughs> to happen. <laughs> well, I put it on my Instagram stories, and okay. Firstly, disclaimer that the instructions on the heat pack do not say this. Oh. But so many people message me saying, "Didn't you put a cup of water in with it?" Is that something that you've ever heard of to put a cup of water in with your heat pack? No. Apparently, it like stops the um. What, whatever's inside from like beads or whatever yeah i think it's great is it wheat mm. anyway it's something it stops them from drying out and it re-adds the moisture back in and so they don't so, set on fire right it's a little hot tip there in case anyone's <laughs> Very done hot. the same thing <laughs> uh but also now our microwave stinks like mm. stinks and i've tried Googling how to get the smell of it out of your microwave. I've tried all of the things and nothing's working. I'm like, do I just throw the microwave away and start again? Which I'm not going to do. I'm sure it'll maybe leave the door open. And Oh, I've tried it. Oh, I've tried it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Okay, Belle, number two. I recently got a new phone because my phone was very old and officially said goodbye to this world. It was not no longer meant for this world. But part of it no longer being meant for this world meant it didn't back up properly. Oh, no. So I, like, had plugged it into my computer. I assumed it was well. I also play for iCloud, so I assumed it would have backed up on there. Yeah. When I was in Apple, they, like, double, triple checked to make sure I had backed it up. I was like, yeah, she's fine. She's Gucci. She was not fine. Mm. So lost a lot of my stuff, but that's okay. I've still got my photos and I've still got my contacts and those are, like, the most important things to me. So – just gonna write didn't have out. my contact i didn't have yours out of everyone's i had everyone else's but not new yours. phone who does it was so weird but i also like had been removed from all of my any group texts like our family's got a group chat and i was no longer in it and so like my number was there and Bye. It said i was in it and i was like oh no one like our family chat usually goes off all day every day i was like oh no one's Where talking is this love? is weird and then i realized i wasn't getting them <laughs> so i had to be like deleted and then re-added back in was that um, all this week? What? No, there is one more. Okay. One more final fail, which is technically JJ's fail, but considering it happened in our joint kitchen, I feel like I'm going to share it with the world. Dope him in. This one's pretty funny. <laughs> um, JJ left Pepsi Max cans in the freezer. <laughs> Fun fact, if you leave a can of anything in the freezer, it ex- <laughs> expands as it freezes and it exploded everywhere i did know this <laughs> yes all through the freezer there was it was like a slushy i guess and if you wanted a frozen pepsi max um, but well that would have been what he was trying to do right no he just oh. they were he doesn't like drinking them warm and he couldn't be bothered to wait for them to cool down in the fridge so he put them in the freezer uh, and then forgot about them mm. yeah rookie error rookie error i opened the freezer and he'd already gone out for the day and i was like you have a mess to clean up when you get home. Did you <laughs> yeah, forget leave something? it for him. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, what did I forget? I was like, I just sent him photos. He was like, oh, my gosh, what is that? <laughs> well, but, he'll probably never do it again. So yeah. lesson learned. But I also put this on my Instagram stories, right? And the amount of messages I got of people thinking it was different things was ridiculous. <laughs> Someone thought it was pad thai. Someone thought that it was mold in my cupboard. Ooh. Yeah, people were confused. Maybe your freezer doesn't really look like a freezer. I mean, it had ice With Pepsi sprayed all over it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Anyway, that was me. What about you? Um, I also have a fail. Oh, we're on the same team today. (laughs) So I had to, I got, I got a new job as part of that. I had to do a medical test. 
So kind of a win, like get a new job, but Woo. also um, overshadowed by the fact <laughs> I did this medical. You just have to jump through a few hoops to make sure that you're like fit enough for the job. Fit as a fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like I did, I did pass, but during this, um, one of the tests was um, – like peeing in a cup. So I had to do this test and she gave me the cup and I'm getting along with the lady who's doing my medical really well with like talking about scuba diving. And so Good vibes. I, yeah, I was kind of like not paying up maybe a hundred percent attention or whatever when she handed me the cup and closed the bathroom door. And she gave me the cup with the lid on, but mm-hmm. it had a hole in the top of the thing. And I was like, am I supposed to pee in the hole? <laughs> How good is your I was like, surely not. But then I was like, why would she give it to me with the lid on? Oh, no. What are you so doing? I did. <laughs> oh and I just God. thought, should I ask? I like, I almost like opened the door and asked, but I was like, oh, I've been having this good chat. Like, I don't want her to think I'm an idiot. But you know what? <laughs> he definitely thought I was oh, an idiot. How was your aim? So the the hole in the lid um wasn't a... It was like pee hole. No, it wasn't a pee <laughs> hole. <laughs> it was like one of those ones where you can put something in, but it can't go both ways. What, right. I don't know what that's called. One way switch. I don't know. Yeah. So n- barely any of the pee went in. <laughs> <laughs> she would have been like, "Oh, I didn't have a full bladder." <laughs> she was like to me, "Did you want to pee in the cup?" And I was like, "I thought I." did I'm so sorry and then I was like oh let me like guzzle some water and I'll try and go again she was like I'll probably be able to get like a reading from the amount in here (laughs) (laughs) but she was just looking at me like I was an idiot gosh was the cup clear or like could you see how much pee so you could see how much pee you'd produce and you still thought it was overflowing (laughs) well I just I couldn't see when I was peeing you know (laughs) I I am crying midstream and like check anyway so this was the last thing of the medical so luckily I could just leave and she was like good luck with your new job but like get out of here you (laughs) and um I got in the car and I called Lockie and he was just like maybe they maybe it was actually a common sense test and you've just failed (laughs) minus points (laughs) good start look at least you got the job (laughs) I know So I feel like we're going to start off this chat by doing something a little bit different. We're going to bring um, you into like an infomercial. (laughs) So do you downplay your expertise or doubt your professional skills, even in areas you are genuinely skilled or qualified in? Have you ever been selected for something, maybe an award or a new job and questioned why they chose you or if it was a mistake? Do you agonize over the smallest mistakes or flaws in your work? Do you attribute your success to luck or outside factors? Do you feel like you will be found out as a phony? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you are likely experiencing a degree of imposter syndrome. Today, we are going to chat about this phenomenon and our personal experiences with it while navigating our 20s. And this was also a topic that was voted by you guys. Mm -hmm. You wanted to hear about it, so here we are. I feel like we all know by now that like a large part of our 20s is about like working and establishing our careers. Well, in terms of like who I run run with, that's where we're all at. And so for me, this is where imposter syndrome has like reared its ugly head the most, I think. Like I'll recognize that I was like definitely experiencing it before my 20s, but it wasn't until I was like in the workplace and 
I actually had my boss say that she felt imposter syndrome and what it was and it like all kind of clicked for me. Before this moment, I had never heard of it, like had no label for it. And at the time, and my first like gut reaction was like, oh, no, nah, I don't like feel that way. But the more I thought about it, it became like a light bulb moment. Yeah, so from conversations between Tessa and I and other 20-somethings in our lives, imposter syndrome seems to be quite prevalent. In fact, according to a review article published by the International Journal of Behavioral Science, an estimated 70% of people experience these imposter feelings at some point in their lives. So calling it a syndrome actually downplays just how universal it is. Imposter syndrome affects all kinds of people from all walks of life. I find that number to be so wild, Mm. like so high, 70%. Like it must be so prevalent in like so many people's lives. I will just say like we aren't therapists and are by no means experts at conquering our inner imposters. No, we are not. (laughs) We hope this chat like can open up conversations and identifying when you're being arbitrarily an imposter and need to back yourself. Like while it's good to talk about these things between buds, If you're feeling like an imposter and need help combating this, it definitely is best to seek out professional help, which we are not. So if you are unfamiliar with imposter syndrome, let's give a quick rundown on how it's defined. Yes, hit me with a definition. Imposter syndrome, or IS, refers to an internal experience of believing that you are not as competent as others perceive you to be. While this definition is usually narrowly applied to intelligence and achievement, it has links to perfectionism and the social context. The concept was developed by psychologists Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes in their 1978 founding study, which focused on high-achieving women. They posited that despite outstanding academic and professional accomplishments, women who experience the imposter phenomenon persist in believing that they are really not bright and have fooled anyone who thinks otherwise. So, although early research explored the phenomenon primarily focusing on accomplished, successful women, which personally I find to be, like, wild, like, is this us? Just kidding. (laughs) Not that. It later became clear that imposter syndrome can affect anyone in any profession from graduate students to top executives and of, like, any sex or gender. I also think that, like, it's specific to or more relevant to people in their 20s, like we talked about in our pressure episode Like we are seeing other people's accomplishments all the time and comparing ourselves. And I feel like that would also contribute to our imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, as in being on Instagram and seeing what other people are doing, um, contributing to this idea of perfectionism Mm -hmm. that contributes to you feeling like you need to be perfect, which plays into imposter syndrome. Exactly. So I feel like we can link our episode to pressure in the show notes because I feel like it is kind of related or relevant to this topic. I actually like had a moment recently, which was the definition of imposter syndrome, right? And it really sparked me wanting to talk about it with our bud community. So Okay, here's the situation. Recently, I was headhunted by a company on LinkedIn and it's a company that I've been a huge fan of for the longest time. Like the role was right up my alley. But when I got this like message on LinkedIn, I was like gobsmacked. Like what? Me? Mm. Who? And I was like, I don't know. I just envisaged me like looking over my shoulder, seeing if there's (laughs) someone behind me that they're talking to. (laughs) Um, And then I started to feel like, super anxious out of nowhere and it wasn't until I started talking to mum and JJ about it that I was like oh my gosh Mm. this is imposter syndrome I'm experiencing this and I feel like we need to talk about it and so 
while I explained that I wasn't seeking a new position, they insisted on having a call with me and I nearly said no because I was so convinced that I was underqualified for the role and that I hadn't like, and that they hadn't meant to message me and like to add pressure on top of all of it, the job title had manager in it, which was very intimidating mm. because even though I'm not, I still feel like I'm entry level. Like I'm not, but I feel like I am. That's the imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I decided to take the call, but purely because I just convinced myself that it would be good practice. Like I haven't done an interview for so long. Like I was like, I'll just do one because I'm definitely out of interview shape. And in the interview, I asked them, I was like, what drew your like attention to my very outdated LinkedIn profile? Because I was like, what are the skills that I have that people are actually looking for? Because I don't know what those skills are. Mm. I obviously didn't go ahead with this role because I do love my job, but it was a prime imposter syndrome moment for me. Yeah. Like, like slap me in the face. Not wondering why you would ever be headhunted, even though you're full of skills and experience. So for me, an example of imposter syndrome that leaps to mind was also just recently when I got this new job I mentioned in our introduction, I immediately doubted my experience and skills. Um, It was a pretty rigorous interviewing process with me competing with a number of other applicants over three rounds. And even after this strenuous process, I still had thoughts about feeling like I was a fraud because I wasn't skilled enough to have won the role or that I had only won the role because there must have been like an error in the way that the role was advertised and not that many applicants saw the ad or I was only shortlisted because the applicant pool was small. So it was just luck that I got the job in the end. When I caught myself having these thoughts, I had to be like, wait a minute. Hold up. (laughs) I worked my butt off to land this new job and I obviously demonstrated through the rounds of interviewing that I am capable and experienced enough for the role. So why the hell not be proud and like back myself? Yeah, I feel like I can 100% vouch for how hard you work to get this role and that you are so deserving of it. Thank you. You're welcome. Another characteristic of imposter syndrome came into play when I started thinking maybe I should just stay in my current job because I might not be able to deliver in this new role and being nervous that I was making a mistake and could end up out of a job completely if my fears eventuated and I was unable to live up to the expectations. These thoughts were me trying to internally self-sabotage my own success. You like would rather have stayed in your comfort zone. Is that kind of what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, Your imposter was telling you. It's the self-sabotaging. Yeah. Yeah. And even when people were asking me about my new role, I caught myself downplaying the role. I think it's also really common for people in their 20s, myself included, to struggle backing their value to employers, whether that's not feeling confident enough to ask for a raise or like me, underselling yourself with your salary expectations. So during this interview process, I had to put an expected salary amount, which I found so difficult. It is actually so hard. Well, because I didn't want to ask for too much and I struggled to feel confident that I deserved the dollar amount. Yeah. So when I was eventually offered, like I'd won the role and I was offered my salary and it exceeded my expectations, this again created this self-doubt that I didn't think I could perform to, even though I'd obviously demonstrated to them that that's what they believed I was worth. So yeah, I think imposter syndrome can make it really hard to know like your professional worth in dollars as well. Oh, so hard. Like how do you put a number on you? Like how do you value yourself? It's so hard. And I think it comes back to like this whole imposter syndrome thing is you not seeing yourself as other people perceive you. 
Yeah, so you touched there on asking for a raise and this like happened to me actually recently. I put my big girl pants on and asked for a raise. So in my last catch up with my bosses, like we do every six months, I think, or something, we just have like a catch up and they actually asked me about my salary goals and I literally had no answer. I was like, well, if this is what I'm being paid, then this is what they think I'm worth. And I never have ever like stopped to consider what I think I'm worth. Mm. I just like place all of my trust into what other people value me as. And so that was in February and I still haven't landed on an answer months afterwards. Like we're in June now. And it wasn't until that headhunting situation I talked about before when they offered me a salary that was higher than what I'm currently on. And I was like, hmm, well, this is like a best, like a good place to start, like as good a place as anywhere to start. And even then, it still took me another month to gain the courage to bring it up to my bosses because I was like, what if they think I'm asking for too much and I'm not valued at that and I will lose my job and like. Yeah, and that would never happen. Like as an employer, they're supposed to support like what you want to achieve in your career. Yeah, and I just like framed it as like this is my salary goal, like as we talked about, but all good if not XOXO. That kind <laughs> of like, you know, that meme that's going around at the moment. <laughs> if not, all good. Yeah, if not, all good. <laughs> but then as soon as I sent the email like about this, I was like, it getting riddled with anxiety and I couldn't concentrate and self doubt. Like, I was oh my like, gosh, oh my gosh, should what I have I sent done? this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, can I undo it? Is it too late? Like, have I made a mistake? Yeah. It was such a high stress situation for me. And it's not like, I didn't ask for like a hundred thousand dollars more. Like it was not that much of a raise, but it's still like I had so much doubt that I could be valued anything higher than what I currently am on. Or that you would be perceived as like a fraud or something for even thinking that you were like worth that amount. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, I think in the professional context, imposter syndrome can fester when you're not in a supportive environment where your work and skills are acknowledged and commended, which is not your situation. But I know I have been in roles with managers who have never managed people before and unfortunately have not been given the training to be a good manager and therefore have contributed to making me doubt my skills, even though I have the qualifications and proven success in my field. Or sometimes this can like hold you back from suggesting ideas because I mean, for me, I didn't think the idea would be seen as having value when you're constantly, I mean, not supported in that way. I think overall, I've been quite lucky with like my work experiences. I have been in similar situations before, but in my current role, I'm definitely super lucky, which is why I obviously chose to stay here. And my bosses like make it a focus and a priority to build us up and give us confidence and recognize our ideas. And it's something I'm honestly so grateful for. Like I never think, oh, I'm not going to say this idea because I might be just completely shut down. Like they encourage that and I think it's really important and it's built my confidence. So hopefully like that translates into other situations as well. I think that support also helps to not allow the imposter syndrome to take over. Like I think if you are already having self-doubt and then other people are kind of in a way contributing to that by making Mm -hmm. you doubt yourself, it's like a recipe for disaster. (laughs) It is. And even then I say that now, but when I do say my ideas, I'll always be like, it might be really stupid, but like I always preface (laughs) it with like a- This could be a dumb question. Yeah. And it's like- 
own it. Like, yeah. just own it. it should, you should be able to own it. But I think I can relate to something you said there about like downplaying your role earlier. I'm almost predictable in the way that I downplay any achievements I have. And that's not even just with work. Like it doesn't matter how hard I've worked at something. I always put my successes down to like good luck or like not being a big deal. And it wasn't until a good friend of mine, Tim, if you're listening, which you definitely aren't, I had this huge DNM about this exact same thing recently. Full disclosure, we may have been a little bit drunk, but Someone asked me in front of him about this podcast, actually, and he isn't being on social media, so I had no idea we were doing it because other than what we put on social media, I don't find myself, like I guess, talking about it that much. And he was like, Tessa, why didn't you tell me? And I was just like, oh, it's no big deal. It's just like this little side thing I'm working on. And he's like, but are you proud of it? And I couldn't answer. I was like, mm. and he was like, well, you should be proud of it. And if you're proud of something you've done, you should be telling people, like especially those closest to you, like we want to share in your successes as well and we're obviously really happy for you. And he jeered me up for ages before I like finally spat out that I was proud of all the work we were putting into it. But I only said I was proud of like the work we were putting into it. Mm. I wasn't proud of like the outcome or like any of the successes or milestones or yeah, or me. (laughs) And yeah, I just didn't. Like I felt like I was boasting about it and I didn't want to come across as arrogant. I just, I don't know. I struggle to even call myself a podcast host or a podcaster because it just doesn't feel right. It's just unnatural. Yeah, well, like some research that I read said that people with insecurities are more likely to experience imposter syndrome. And I think like my imposter syndrome is a cocktail of my insecurities and wanting to avoid promoting my achievements, kind of like what you were saying there because – of like, I guess, tall poppy syndrome in Australian society? Yes, tall poppy syndrome. That's the word for what I was talking about with Tim earlier. I could not think of what it was. But yeah, I just, no one ever wants to come across as loving themselves. Because yeah, it's just, or boasting or bragging. Like yeah. it's something we are like ingrained to avoid because people don't like that trait. And I like, I know I've always really struggled with self-affirmations because I feel like, yeah, I'm ingrained with the belief that I should be downplaying my achievements in order to be accepted by people because otherwise it will be seen as bragging. And yeah, people don't like when you toot your own horn, which is so ridiculous because like, how can I expect other people to love and respect me if I don't act like I love and respect myself? I also really struggle to accept compliments, whether it be about my work or how I hold myself professionally or privately, which kind of leads into how imposter syndrome expands into the social context. Oh my gosh, yes. I get so awkward with compliments. I'm trying to get better at it, like just accepting a compliment rather than immediately rejecting it, being like, oh, stop it. Like, you don't mean that. Like, I don't actually, or like complimenting (laughs) the person back, being like, if someone's like, I love your dress, I'm like, no, I love your dress. Yes. If someone compliments you something on your outfit, you have to find something to give them a compliment back. And it just feels so unnatural to not, to just accept it. But I think like there's a fine line, like I would feel really weird just being like, thank you. But I think you need to accept it in a way that you're accepting the compliment, but you're also like, encouraging the conversation I guess yeah I guess it'd be a bit blunt to be like thank you thank you (laughs) thank you next (laughs) I do think I struggle less with negative thoughts about myself and more care about like others perceptions of me so much that I lose myself in it like I think I've been pretty lucky to never like yeah never talk badly to myself about myself 
Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but I do get really caught up in what other people's thoughts are yeah. about me and I get very much stuck on this idea of perfection and wanting to come across that way because I think generally I think that if I'm not perfect, people won't like me as much. Talk about unrealistic standards. Mm. It also um, means that I think in some cases I've struggled to get close to people because I was never wanting to be vulnerable, like opening up to myself, uh, opening up about things. Because if I did, then that like showed dents in my armor and um, that like goes completely against coming across as perfect. And it's so interesting. I had this one example of this when um, we were at some dress up party and someone came up to me and was like, oh, can you apply this temporary tattoo for me? And I was like, oh, like, why, why me? And they're like, oh, because you're, you'll know how to do it. You're perfect at everything. And my like heart soared. I was so excited that this person thought <laughs> that I was perfect at everything. And I was like, oh my God, do you think I'm perfect? And it took me like a year later to be like, why did I get so much joy out of one person thinking that I was perfect? Like I put so many eggs in that basket. Like no one's perfect. Yeah. Why can I not just accept that I can just be me and people will like me regardless? Yeah. Like, they don't just like me because they think I can apply a temporary tattoo. I think that my imposter syndrome can give me a bit of social anxiety. Oh. <laughs> like, for example, being in a social situation and feeling like, my thoughts or opinions are inadequate and that people won't appreciate what I'm saying or won't want to be friends with me, um, which is the imposter syndrome characteristic of thinking that I must be perfect for others to approve of me, which is kind of what you were just touching on there. Yeah, I feel like we've talked a lot about this like idea of being perfect and perfectionism. And yeah, that's like a huge symptom of imposter syndrome that we all both have. I like to call myself, I think I've coined this term, a lazy perfectionist. Do you want to know more? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so I want to be perfect all the time, but I won't necessarily do the work to be that way. I expect it to just like come naturally and get frustrated when I don't get it right straight away or I know how easy it would be to do something, but I can't be bothered to do it. I don't know. I feel like you're not lazy at all for it. <laughs> you're like a little energizer bunny always on top of everything and doing everything. I'm definitely not. But I think that's funny because so there's like a few different types of imposter syndrome that have been identified by researchers. And so there is the perfectionist. So perfectionists Hello. are never satisfied and always feel that their work could be better. Rather than focus on their strengths, they tend to fixate on any flaws or mistakes. And this often leads to a great deal of self-pressure and high amounts of anxiety. And then there's the natural genius. So these individuals set excessively lofty goals for themselves and then feel crushed when they don't succeed on their first try. And I think probably you're a mix of these, Tessa, based on what you were just explaining there. <laughs> Lol, I would definitely not count myself as a literal natural genius. <laughs> Maybe but- a misleading term. <laughs> but we'll go with it because they make sense to me um there's also the superhero which is when individuals that feel inadequate feel compelled to push themselves to work as hard as possible i.e not miss lazy perfectionist over here and the expert which is individuals that always try to learn more and are never satisfied with their level of understanding even though they are often highly skilled um they underrate their own expertise which i think relates to what you were describing about your job brit 
Yeah. And the last type that I guess we haven't really touched on as yet is the soloist. Um, So individuals with self-worth that stems from their productivity. So they often reject offers of assistance. They tend to see asking for help as a sign of weakness or incompetence. I know I can definitely be guilty of this one, like taking on too much work because I feel like I need to prove my ability. And on days where I maybe haven't produced as high a volume of work, I don't feel satisfied or accomplished. And then like also like not wanting to delegate tasks to others because I feel like it could be seen as a reflection that I don't have the ability to do the task myself when in reality it just means that the work could be completed more efficiently and probably to a higher degree because stress is reduced if like someone else helps. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's always good to be able to ask for help. I just think like what we've figured out in like doing the research and talking about this is that there's no like hard and fast rule to imposter syndrome. You don't necessarily fit in just one category and um, you can be like a mix of heaps of them. So like no need to label it. There's a lot of facets to it. And I think we hit a few each of them. Yeah, definitely. And one of the main reasons we wanted to jump on here today and talk about imposter syndrome, apart from you guys requesting it, is that talking about the phenomenon and just how common it is for people to experience actually has proven success in alleviating imposter syndrome and helping us combat these feelings in the future. Well, yeah, I think like when my boss mentioned that she was experiencing imposter syndrome and she's obviously, she owns her own business and she's, I think, only two years older than us. And I was like, it's someone who I perceive as to be as being so successful and so on top of everything still feels imposter syndrome. Like it made me feel like it was okay for me to feel it and yeah. made me and maybe feel less like- stressed about it helps to recognize it. Mm -hmm. I watched this TED-Ed video which explains imposter syndrome so simply and it ends with this line which I loved which sums up the positive reinforcement we need to give ourselves when we start feeling imposter syndrome creeping in and that is you have talent, you are competent and you belong. Those are self-affirmation. I need to start saying them. (laughs) So do you remember that five-minute journal I recommended ages ago in our Adulting 101 resources? Yes. Yeah. So the last question you answer in the morning is a self-affirmation. And so I'd never done self-affirmations before that. And I really struggled at the start, but it's definitely coming more and more naturally. And it's a good nudge to remember to do it. So maybe you need this journal, Brit. Yes, I admit I need to get better at these. My imposter syndrome, I need to shut that down. If you're like us and experience imposter syndrome, we want you to know that you are not alone. We hope this chat today helped open up some conversations in your circles about imposter syndrome and maybe you related to our stories and have experienced a similar situation. If you have, we'd love for you to tell us about it. So please come find us on Instagram at blooming.podcast. Yeah, and if you want to know a little bit more about the little imposter in you, we will add the link in our episode notes for like an imposter syndrome test. This tool is like great to get to know your imposter a little bit better. And finally, let's talk Adulting 101, our weekly resource or recommendation that we found helpful in navigating our 20s. Britt, what do you have this week? I am recommending another book. You, friend, are on a roll. I know. Wild that I've neglected books all year and then have like catapulted myself to the other end of the spectrum and finished two in two weeks. I'm so <laughs> This one is called It's Been a Pleasure, Noni Blake by Claire Christian. I haven't heard of this one, so you need to tell me more. 
Yeah, so this kind of comes on the back of an adulting fail, I'll be honest. My friend Alice was telling me about it and she said that she had borrowed it from the library but had five days left on loan, to which I replied, um, challenge accepted. I love that she goes to a library. Yeah. I need to go to the library more. Yeah, well, the book may have been overdue by a few days because that was way too ambitious <laughs> of me, but it was so worth it. It was actually written here in Brisbane or Mianjin with acknowledgements to the land of the Yagara and Turrbal peoples. It's light and refreshing and a romantic comedy. I laughed out loud a few times when I was reading in bed and Lockie had like looked over at me intrigued, so I had to read a few sections to him. And what did he think? He liked it. He thought it was really funny as well. Honestly, I just wasn't able to put it down since I started it. It's one of those books where you find yourself thinking about the characters and what will happen next when you're not reading it and wanting to pick it up as soon as you put it down. I love those books. Yes. They're dangerous though because then you never stop doing well, anything that's but read. It, that's it to the point where I read large sections on the bike at the gym so that I could multitask during my non-working hours and not sacrifice an hour <laughs> to exercise and not the book. Um, the internal monologue of the main character, Noni, is really relatable as she finds out how to love and support herself. I thought it was a perfect recommendation for this episode because the story is about doing what brings you joy or pleasure and not allowing yourself to be held back by self-doubt. It will definitely leaving you feeling good about yourself and inspired to be bold and seek out your own pleasure and not waste time on things that don't make you happy. It sounds very similar in terms of like that overall message to a book that I'm reading at the moment, which I have not gotten anywhere near through. <laughs> so maybe that might be a future recommendation. Maybe. What do you have this week? So as it's been getting a bit cooler, and I wish I had these on my feet right now, but I thought I'd recommend Uggs, like the real branded Ugg boots. Okay, this is just too much. <laughs> One of my friends, Sophie, is the same person as you and it's messing with me. <laughs> Wait, what? We were shopping for Uggs the other day and she was trying to convince me that this brand was the only way to go because they've lasted her a million years and you have to make sure that they're the authentic ones because there's lots of rip-offs just because like they're such a popular brand. Um, and this is the same person that also bought an apartment at the same weekend as you and redid the floors every time I'm talking to one of you I feel like I'm having deja vu <laughs> because I'm like wait have I had this conversation and I feel like a really bad friend because I don't know whose life I'm in <laughs> I feel like Sophie and I have become the you same thing <laughs> you have in my mind <laughs> well I can confirm that I do feel the same way as her so I've had like the non-UG brand UG boots for ages and I just like kept buying <laughs> like these same cheap pair I think they're like 20 bucks they do the job over and over and over again but not super comfy not really the Great best quality, quality. yeah like, run out like not run out wear out really quickly and also they don't come small enough like in my size because I've got you have small feet. feet I have very small feet so by the time I've like replaced these pair of like non-branded Ugg boots I probably could have afforded a pair of, like, the real one. But anyway, so I do want to recommend the, like, branded proper Ugg boots because they make such a difference. They're so much warmer. They're so much more comfortable. They last so much longer. It's, like, such an investment. And they come in my size, which is another <laughs> That's a plus. <laughs> they fit your yes, feet. Yes, And so I know that it can be a lot because they are an investment. Like they're not $20, we'll just yeah. say that. But a few hints, a few tips. 
get um a non-traditional color so you know how like all ugg boots oh not all ugg boots but the traditional ugg boot color is like that tan like camel camel color yeah yeah so um you'll probably find that they're cheaper if you get a different random color and Ah. those colors are more likely to be on sale as well so like in black friday sales or whatever sales so if you plan it around that you might save a little bit of cash on it and then your bank account will be happier with you and Britt will be happier with you. <laughs> Yay. They sound really comfy. I, I don't even have a pair of Uggs. I'm a socks gal, to be honest. I do socks and boots, oh, not too much. <laughs> Maybe my feet get really hot. I feel like my feet get Maybe. hot. I feel like Do you I'm- sleep in socks? No. Question. Do you? No. That, that My feet get too hot. I very occasionally, if I'm absolutely freezing, will, but I get frustrated with them and in the middle of the night I'll end up kicking them off. Yeah. The worst is when oh my you God, wake when you, up and you've got one on. And you're like, where's the other sock? And you find it like when you're changing the sheets. <laughs> That's a no from me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Blooming. If you're enjoying our podcast, please let us know by leaving us a rating or review. We really appreciate the feedback. We will also be taking a mini break to do some adulting and we'll be back in two weeks. So make sure you're subscribed to Blooming on Apple Podcasts or following on Spotify to receive a notification when we're back in your ears. In the meantime, you can always come find us on Instagram at blooming.podcast and we'll be there. You can interact with us there. You can tag us in your stories to show us how you're listening to Blooming or using one of our adulting resources. We'd love to see it. And remember to DM us. We want to hear your thoughts on this episode, whether you've experienced imposter syndrome and also what topics you'd like us to talk about in future episodes. And don't forget to tune into our weekly polls on Mondays to join the conversation. We'll be asking some big questions like whether you wear socks or Uggs. (laughs) Or if you wear socks to bed. (laughs) Chat soon, Buzz. Bye. Doubt your professional schools. Schools. (laughs) Do you ever downplay your expertise or doubt your professional school? (laughs) (laughs) This happens on one word every episode. Got a tickle on my nose, but carry on. (laughs) Sitting here watching you pick your nose. (laughs) It looks like I'm sitting there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So prevalent to everyone. Prevalent. Prevalent. (laughs) Prevalent.